History 101. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me from the uh, dank streets of New York, specifically in the Bronx area, is my partner in crime, Mr. Jam Elias. How's it going, sir? I'm doing good. Yeah, doing very good, Fred. Yeah, sorry, I got a bit of web, fl- web fluid caught in my mouth or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> Deep from within the five boroughs, how are you? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, dodging bullets. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a bit of water. I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't figured it out, uh, well, the title probably gave it away, but uh, we are doing, um, in honor of Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, we are doing mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man games, specifically Spider-Man games. Now, we have done Marvel-based games, so there's going to be a little bit of overlap mm-hmm. here, uh, but we did that with Andy and Chip. I haven't gotten a chance to tackle this one with uh, Jam, and um, mm-hmm. if you know me, my gamer tag is spider's venom uh spider-man yes specifically venom plot lines uh my favorite uh, comic book character so um to this day i'm enchanted by it yes i've seen homecoming and yes i continue to be such so there you have mm-hmm. it but um jam what's your what's your real quick take on spider-man before we do some listener mail and then we'll jump into the topic yeah, yeah, no, I, I've always been kind of a big fan of Spider-Man as well, but specifically the Amazing Spider-Man, I guess it would be, since there's obviously all the different <laughs> types nowadays. The spectacular, um, and this the web of, and then there was just mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Mm. They go on forever. Yeah, yeah, I grew, I, I grew up sort of watching the cartoon and that the 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 nineties one, of course, not the well, I, I, I did see the the cheesy eighties one as well, which <laughs> which has the fantastic voice acting, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I kind of, yeah. I've always kind of had a bit, bit dip my hand in. It. I've watched pretty much all the films except I haven't seen Homecoming yet. But yeah, always been a fan of Spider-Man. It definitely gets a bit more interesting when it comes to video games, though, because I think his career in the video game world has been, dare I say, hit and miss. Really, maybe more oh, misses yeah. than hits. But, oh yeah. So but that's what we're here to talk about. But. <laughs> no, 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 definitely. Um, also, uh, re- yeah, so, so we will be talking about the Spider-Man games. There's quite a few of them. Uh, Jam and I were just talking before the show. Um, it gets a little more dynamic as you get later on. So this is going to be an interesting show where uh, the, mm. the newer the games get, the more outside the box the developers seem to get, which is kind of counter to what we see in most, uh, in most realms, right? Uh, but, uh, but we will talk about that. Um, also... Uh, just a quick thing. I said I would do the arcade top ten, uh, the uh, the the listener arcade top ten, and I didn't. I flat out didn't, and that's because we recorded these in advance. On the plus side, I will. Uh, I, I have put that live. You probably saw that go live Sunday. Um, so sorry about that. Uh, I believe there are three, maybe only two, two or three. Um, people who wrote in so just keeping that clear um but uh, but i do apologize for that and yes keep them coming and people have asked yes 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 please um um please uh keep uh um 
blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Please keep um, uh, the SNES top tens coming. We do want to do community oh, yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, all right. So we do have some listener mail. And one of them I have to apologize. I have to deeply apologize because it got lost in the mix. Uh, my email got a little crazy around uh, pre-E3 and post-E3. And um, I don't know. It just it just got bad. And so for that, I do apologize. But I missed somebody uh, who was a first-time writer. Uh, and so I have to apologize. So Steve, Steven, um, Steve. you know, I, yeah, well, it's probably Steven uh, is what he goes by. Uh, from May 10th, I do apologize for waiting so long to get to this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, he wrote in on, uh, sales on consoles, Nintendo versus Sega in the UK. So this kind of harkens back to the console wars. Um, so I'm sorry I missed you, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping this will slightly redeem us. So, um, he says, hello, I've been, he actually says hello, uh, with an apostrophe. So, you know, he's British. Uh, (laughs) He says, I've been a listener of the podcast for years now. The earliest podcast, I believe that I still haven't listened to are game club, final fantasy six and 2013 on the fives and tens. I remember final fantasy six was yeah. Eli and me. So that predates jam coming on full time. But anyway, so I've probably been listening for about four and a half years now. And many of the episodes uh, to many of the episodes, at least, uh, and probably most smiley face. So good for you, man. Thank you very much. It just shocks mm, me that yeah. now we are in and of ourselves retro by our own definition. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, he says, I was watching Nostalgia Nerds, and I'm not familiar with Nostalgia Nerd, but uh, thank you for bringing him up. A rewatch of a British home computer slash game console program called Bad Influence. You might quiz Jam on this when you talk to him. So what did catch my interest? Well, every episode ends with a data blast, quote unquote, about 100 pages of text in 10 seconds. So you'd record it with your VHS recorder and watch the pages back. Well, on YouTube, you can do this the same way following, um, uh, you can do the same. And the following is of historic importance. The first four of five episodes, the Sega Top 20 was listed uh, first and after the Nintendo Top 20. Wait, wait. The first four or five episodes, the Sega Top 20 was listed first, and after that, the Nintendo Top 20. After that, mid-December 1992, Nintendo was listed first and Sega was listed second. With what I heard about the big Sega popularity in the UK, it seems that the Christmas sales after the release of the Super Nintendo had more sales than Sega. It makes sense that if you think Mm. back before December 92, Sega was, quote-unquote, far more popular in the UK. The Mega Drive was out since November 90, while the SNES came out in April 92. That's a good two years the Mega Mm. Drive was the only 16-bit console. Side note, the the same is completely true in America. We got uh, the, the Genesis in 1989, in summer 1989, and we got the SNES in summer 91. Um. Mm. That said, since Nintendo HQ's still in Grobensheim, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and uh, and what I've experienced on the other end of the North Sea, Nintendo was always more popular in quote unquote Central West Europe. Uh, he says Benelux, Germany, France, Italy, Portugal, Spain, Scandinavia, Finland, Swiss, and Austria mainly. But yeah, check it out yourself for vi- uh, for validation if you want on Nostalgia Nerd's channel. He gives a link. I'll throw that in the show notes. It makes sense, doesn't it? 
Maybe this is a topic you can debate over. Keep up the good works. Kind regards, Stephen. Um, oh, sorry. Indeed, my name is pronounced the same as the two words before it. Staven, if you like. Sorry, Staven. I apologize. Um, I'm from the land that brought the world the compact cassette, the Netherlands. There we go. So I misappropriated you as a UK listener, and then I misappropriated your name after losing your letters. So do you see what I do for our listeners, Jam? Uh, it's no wonder people don't write in. Mm. <laughs> anyway, That's um, what we do. <laughs> so thank you, Stephen, very much for writing in. And any of you out there, please write in. I promise I won't lose it this time. GamingHistory101.com forward slash contact or contact gaminghistory101.com anyway um so what do you think of that uh did the snes take off running in your neck of the woods it sounds like well i mean i have actually been told quite recently that it it did i mean i didn't sort of see it myself from where i was living because it sega seemed to be the sort of the dominant console with with the my, with my peers and my friends but um i had i had a few people in fact there's a a friend of mine i've um I talked to you recently. He said to me, "They said, well, I I grew up with the SNES. That's all I had." And I said, "That was definitely the more popular console in my area." So I have been hearing these kind of the there was a, an area of popularity with the SNES <laughs> in the UK. Uh, and definitely, yeah. yeah. Well, definitely, sort of commons. Uh, most people are saying these days um, that that you know, even though like Sega, I think had a massive popularity over here, I still feel it was probably. A little bit more popular for the time and um, people look back a lot more nostalgically on the SNES in the UK than they do of the, of the Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah yeah and again another thing is it's just the library that was on there Street Fighter 2 again I keep hearing was a big part of um, UK's it's- compulsion for it. Yeah, and I, I do distinctly remember Street Fighter being a big import game around here, even for the Super Nintendo. That people were mad about that. It was, <laughs> it's hugely popular. Another thing that I, somebody told me, I don't know if this is true, was that it was more commonplace to have both uh, if you could afford it in in the UK. Like there was, it was uh, staggered out I enough guess, that you yeah. were like, uh, okay, I can do this again. I still feel like mm. that. I feel like that makes more sense if you think back now without mm. actually remembering what it was like back then. I think back then the concept of building two console libraries was insane. It was not commonplace oh, yeah, yeah. like it is today. Um, I don't know if it's that same today, but uh, it is more commonplace as we've gotten older. I don't think it was that commonplace back uh, back then. So while I'm sure it happened, while I'm sure there were people both in America and the UK and definitely Japan that did it, I don't think that was that common. But that's that's me basing it without any sort of factors whatsoever. <laughs> mm. um, but, but Steven, thank you very much uh, for writing in. Email. Um, yeah. yeah, it's great insight. So, uh, so yeah. Um, sorry we didn't give you too much of a debate, which you were kind of going for. Uh, I think the thing is, is that I kind of love uh, both. Um, mm. And I feel like we've kind of grandized the combat of... Um, the Genesis and the and the and the SNES in America, perhaps a bit more than it was in Europe. I feel like the competition was still as fierce, but I don't know. It's even today. It's weird how different Europe is than the rest of the the world, um, mm. especially America. Um, you know, an easy example of that is you guys are already sold out for probably the entire run of the 
SNES Classic Edition. Yep. And yeah, we haven't true. we haven't even gotten a hint of pre-orders. You haven't done pre-orders yet. Yeah. A lot of people are saying it's the Federal Trade Commission approving it for import, but one mm. way or the other, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so thank you very much. Uh, next up, we have Andrew. The feedback cycle continues, he says, and with good taste. He says, hello again. Lots of things you and Jam talked about. Lots of things I believe I should share. To start with the most important one, it should be brought up that not all the mascots mentioned in the episode are actually mascots. This was something I knew was coming. Uh, mascots mm-hmm. are designed to represent a console, a console maker, or a certain developer. For example, K was never a mascot. The small German developer decided to try their hands at creating a 3D platformer of their own. That's it, really. The game had nothing to do do with making a new mascot for Sony or PS2. And it is not strange at all how the game got to a Steam PS4 port. How else would the developer get any money from an out-of-pricing game for an out-of-print console? Oh, and if you ever want to reply, uh, replay the game, try the German language option. Uh, you will like it better, winky face. Well, I do have Legend of K. I have played through it on the PS4. I actually yeah, got a review copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I will I will pop in the German. I would love to see that in German. I'm a little stuck in that game. Um, but anyway, I don't want to I don't want to digress too much. Anyway, he says second. I did find Fred's explanation of furries as the people who would rather fuck Bubsy the Bobcat hilarious. Really brought me to laugh. Ha ha ha! You were joking, weren't you? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> and <laughs> mostly. Uh and finally, some much needed super critical information on Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. This is where I start rubbing Ooh. my hands together because I was hoping something like this was coming. This I don't know about you, Jam, but since that episode, Tie the Tasmanian Tiger has become somewhat of a like side click hole fascination for me. Like I haven't done any mm. active research, but I'm drawn to stuff about it. And Ty has kind of a interesting current presence. But anyway, I don't want to delay this too much. He goes, despite never having played a single one of those games, comma, I somehow learned a lot about them over the years. The first game is yet another attempt for a new company to make a 3D platformer. This time also with a new mascot. It is hard to say whether the game is great or just okay. However, it does one thing I have one thing really going for it. It's very organic looking and simple, pretty level design. The worlds do look like the Australian wilderness and are very colorful. Actually, Chrome Studios throughout their career have reliably produced good looking levels, even when the gameplay itself lacked in the fun factor. So Taiwan was a mediocre to good platformer, 3D platformer with an unusual and appealing look at the levels. Tai 2 tried to follow the popular trends of the time and tried to be more like Sly 2 or Jack 2 with more open levels and side missions. Those side missions were allegedly not very interesting, but they were... Uh, but they were there in case you asked for them. Tie 3 was apparently an improvement over 2 and had better combat and less mediocre side missions. That's all I know. Hope that helps. And last, but not least, the PSP Daxter game was indeed developed by Ready at Dawn, but it needs to be brought up that Rad were largely formed, uh, Ready at Dawn, were largely formed by ex-Naughty Dog developers, some of the better ones. That's something I didn't know. Um, Mm. Sorry, that's Fred talking, not not Andrew. Um, They are the good people who make the... They're good people who make good games, in parentheses, with one rare exception, which is a short, boring, interactive movie. I'm guessing he's referring to the uh, <laughs> the Order 1886, at which point I thoroughly agree. And I find mm. it strange how one can play Daxter without touching the other entries, since the game was a prequel to Jack 2 and 3. 
and meant to be played by longtime fans offering little story but plenty of world building and fan service. I recommend you finally play the game when they are released on PS4. The PS3 port is good, but has some bugs that bring the experience down a notch. To enjoy the home console jack games and all their naughty, he says naughty god glory, one needs to either own the original hardware, the originals or originals emulated on PS4. So do that later this year. You will not be disappointed. Okay. okay yeah, is is the Jack trilogy coming to PS4? Yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah, they're releasing. Um, was it the Lost Legacy, Uncharted Lost Legacy, this August? And with that release, they're releasing um, at least at least Jack the the first Jack and Daxter the uh, as the PS2 PS4 remaster thing. Whatever oh, they did, whatever they no call shit. it. Uh huh. Um, they are planning to bring all free and even Jack's X as well, which has not been released. Well, it's not been re-released yet, right. which is quite a big deal. So that wasn't even on the trilogy collection they released on PS3 or Vita. Yep, that's true. Mm. I have to give that a go. Yeah, I was recently yeah. cleaning out my portable stuff, and I did find my UMD of Daxter still in its protective oh, case. So, uh, Andrew, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, but yes, for some reason now I have to play Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, and there is no way that Me doesn't too. like not live up to the hype. Like, there's no way that's going to be as good as I, I mm. want it to be. But anyway, oh, uh, the other I, note, last oh, note though about the um, about the Jack and Daxter is if you they say if you pre-order, but I'm pretty confident if you just buy that Uncharted game, you do get that PS2 Jack's game for free. So that's one ah. thing to me. Well, here's the weird thing. That's a little incentive. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's the weird thing. I. Uh, hmm, it's called the Precursor Legacy. Um, That's it. Yep. I have the the fucking Uncharted Four like uh, season pass that was temporarily available for thirty bucks. I wonder how that's going to play out. Hmm. Probably not very yeah. well in my favor, but I'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Worst case scenario, I'll buy Jack and Dexter with the money I saved off of the other. I'm guessing it'll probably be about 10 bucks unless they're going to do like a full remake, but it doesn't sound like that's what they're doing. Nah, it's just um, like a PS2 port. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, all right. And last but not least, th- I thought this was relevant and this is a good time to talk about it. Clue Drew says, mm-hmm. are we live? Hey, I was just wondering if you, as Gaming History 101, are still doing the live show. I hope you are, but I thought it was coming back last week and you didn't. There was some conversation about not doing it live, but I'm not sure if that's happened yet. I hope GH101 continues on the air given time, even if pre-recorded. I should be there on Tuesday, and some others have been as well. So if it is not airing, no need to bring this up. Just show up. Otherwise, there seems to be a lack of clarification on the matter. Waiting by the road, Clue Drew. Okay, so for those that are listeners... Uh, there is a live show. Some of you out there are part of that live show. And Jam and I used to do it all the time. It was Tuesday nights at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, and the catch was Jam got a new job, so he wasn't able to make it. And I was having a hard time getting home. Uh, but I was trying to play the pre-recorded ones. Problem was is that very few people showed up. Although I will give it to him. Clue Drew almost consistently, as well as Cy1, showed up. And there were some others. Mm. So don't feel bad, those of you who showed up as well. Um, and then I just fell off. Like after uh, I wasn't able to do it for E three, obviously. And then after that, there was some Tuesday nights where I had some stuff going on. I even missed the B team and stuff. And I just haven't done it. Um, so the two things I was thinking of was Jam and I have been toying with Discord and uh, making a server. And you know, Jam, there's a way where we can do mm-hmm. a voice chat that we can record like the podcast oh. instead of using Skype. And okay. um, people can. 
I can work out the uh, permissions so people can join, but they can't speak. So they can like watch and 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 listen. They can come tune in and listen. Uh, the problem is, is they're gonna have all kinds of crazy schedules, like when we get together to record it. But we can do that. You know, and we might yeah. even be able to involve the chat. So I'm hoping to do that. Also check in the show notes here for a Discord invite. It's a link anyone can follow. And we'll get you joined in there and uh, try to build a little community. I think it's also a good place to uh, get together for some of the other stuff, which I don't think is much fun if people can't make it. For stuff like mm. when I uh, stream FMV games or if Jam and I wanted to get back to co-op games and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I think that'll be a good idea. And maybe Discord's the way to go with that. So... For those that Experiment don't, with something you. <laughs> yeah, Discord is your win-all solution for gamers trying to find places to chat and voice chat uh, while playing games is basically what mm-hmm. it is. And it's very user-friendly in that there is an app, there is a phone app, there is a desktop app, but you don't really need it. Uh, Jam, I'm sure you can contest to this, but you can get in there and sign up for an account very quick and easy, and then it's all like built into the website. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, mm. So... But uh, the other one is as far as uh, Tuesday nights go. Uh, let me see if I can try to make Tuesday nights in the future with these pre-recorded episodes, including this one you might be hearing live on Tuesday night right now, um, and uh, see what the group thinks. If it's cool to show up at a different time or if Tuesday nights really is just a good time to come and, and listen to it. Uh, it's also good to keep that slot on all games in case we ever want to do anything live. So, um, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Hang in there, Clue Drew. Sorry to keep you hanging for a while. Um, so, yeah. Uh, all right. And with that, I think we're done. I think we're ready to uh, start the show proper. Stop and wasting. About 90 minutes on, uh, on Speederman. Carlos Speederman. He is the, uh, the half uh, Mexican, half Jewish uh, lawyer um, mm-hmm. that uh, takes care of the, the neighborhood. Um, his, his biggest uh, competition is uh, Daredevil, actually. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes a Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud, he's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night. So yeah, let's many video games as well. So let's talk about the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Man mm-hmm. specifically, and um, and I just want to take a minute to discuss a little bit about Spider-Man the character. So yes, um, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know Spider-Man's origin, where the fuck have you been? Because I think <laughs> in the movies they've redone it at least three times. Um, but yes, so Peter Parker, high school kid, nerd. Gets bit by a radioactive spider. There are various ways it can happen, but the original canonical reason was there was a radioactive ray. A spider dropped down into it, fell onto Parker, bit him as it died because it just got irradiated. It basically became the toxic <laughs> Avenger spider. Um, and as a result, Spider-Man or Peter Parker uh, kind of became Spider-Man. He, he gained the abilities uh, to walk up and down um, walls, which actually comes from the little hairs on his hands um, that, that grow out now. Um, he created fake web, you know, 
web stuff. Uh, yeah, web shooters, yep. <laughs> yeah, later on in time, he will undergo some more mutations and actually be able to create it himself. But I forget where the canon is on that because there were so many yeah, issues of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, premiered in 1963 with Amazing Fantasy 15, where it's basically an eight-page spread. Uh, then continued on in, uh, I think it was late 1963, with uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, and he had weird crossovers. He originally started off uh, with crossovers with the Fantastic Four. Jam, have you read many of the old issues? The uh, the back not issues? The, not the really old ones, yeah. but They're tough I, to I, read. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, but what what did you read? Did you you read Amazing Spider Man though? Oh no, yeah, I read Amazing Spider Man. But I think yeah, you know, I was bit, I think I was kind of similar to you, where it's kind of like the you know the the symbiote kind of era gotcha. and all the Venom stuff and what. Yeah, I mean, I did go back and read a lot of the early stuff. Mm. Uh, I I can say for a fact I have the. There were those uh, Marvel, uh, the Marvel Masterworks existed for a while, so I got to read like the first twenty issues or whatever because those issues uh, still fetch a pretty penny today. But back in oh, the, yeah. in the nineties, they fetched pretty high then too. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I read some of the early ones and they weren't great, but they did introduce everybody in the first ten issues alone. You know, you get the Vulture, the Kingpin, Doctor Octopus. Um, he actually fights Doctor Doom in one of the issues. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's when he gets the Fantastic Four involved because he's out of his league. Um, but one mm. of the things I really liked about Peter Parker, and you know, again, this is nothing new. This is any Spider-Man fan knows this. Is Peter Parker is a teenager, so a lot of the issues he runs into are teenage. You know, and one of the the most famous things that happens early into the comics. Uh, in fact, it might be Amazing Fantasy fifteen, but it might be Amazing Spider-Man one. Um, is his uncle Ben, um, you know, his parents are dead. So his uncle Ben and aunt may, uh, raise him and they're older. Uncle Ben is waiting for him. Uh, or well, basically he's Spider-Man and he allows a bank robber to get away. And uncle Ben happens to be on the streets and, um, uh, gets, uh, held up by, uh, by the robber and killed. Um, Mm -hmm. and so spider Peter Parker has to deal with the fact that he is directly responsible for basically his father figure dying. And that's where the, uh, the famous, uh, quote, uh, with, with great power comes great responsibility, you know, is kind of born, um, and mocked <laughs> and nauseum. <Yep. laughs> uh, but what I liked about him was he was a very flawed character. Now, naturally none of that comes through really in the video games really ever in my opinion. That's true really, isn't it? Yeah. It's always more the superhero part that's sort of um, projected in the video games. Well, it's like by the time they they get to that, Parker is supposed to be older and married. He, you know, Mary Mary's Mary Jane Watson. Um, but you know, again, in the early issues, there was some heavy stuff. Green Goblin is um, mm-hmm. is is one of his arch nemeses, and Green Goblin kills his high school girlfriend Gwen Stacy uh, in issue one twenty one. It's a pretty powerful issue, um, and he in turn kills Green Goblin. Uh, which is yeah. his uh, his best friend's father, um, uh, Harry Osborn. Um, so uh, you know it's kind of a big deal. Um, but you're right; the the issues go on and on. Amazing Spider-Man was the main one in the '80s. They brought in Spectacular Spider-Man, then even Web of Spider-Man. I've never really nailed down mm-hmm. the differences. They're all Peter Parker. Um, and for a short time, Web of Spider-Man was when you know in Secret Wars two he gets the symbiote. Uh, we're only bringing this up because it'll become relevant. The uh, the, uh, the Venom suit, shall we say, the black costume. Um, and in Web of Spider-Man, he has a lot of adventures with the black costume for a while. But, um, um, but uh, yeah, I'd say the main area where a lot of people got in was Todd McFarlane started 
drawing for the comic in the late 200s. I want to say about issue 289, 290. Um, and then famously in 298, 299, and then eventually 300, Eddie Brock, a big buff prisoner, uh, merges with the symbiote who has been uh, destroyed by Spider-Man. I think it was a Web of Spider-Man issue where he takes it up to a bell tower and rings a bell and uh, yep. it hates sound yeah, and it, it comes off of him and then he rejects it so it can't reattach. So it attaches to Eddie Brock and Venom is born. Um, the uh, the anti-Spider-Man basically in every way, shape and form. Uh, but by this point he is married. Um, uh, is it Harry Osborn that's the, the boy? I think it is. Harry Osborn's the hobgoblin at this point. Um, oh, I don't think it was the hobgoblin. The hobgoblin was the other guy, wasn't it? He, he was the Green Goblin again, Harry Osborn, wasn't he? That's He's... right. That's right. Mm. Yeah. I don't remember anymore. It's been so many issues. <laughs> We're getting old. <laughs> if you get Marvel Unlimited, though, all of those issues are available. I think all 500 and something issues of Amazing oh, Spider-Man are available. Mm. I don't know about Web and Spectacular. I think that's a little more scattershot. But, um, but yeah, tons of issues. And uh, they tackle all kinds of stuff, but uh, ultimately there is also the weird thing where Venom starts to become a good guy when they both have to fight yep. Carnage, which is what happens when a piece of the symbiotic suit <laughs> merges with a completely insane sociopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. it gets dark. <laughs> yeah, it got dark. Spider-Man got interesting. Um, it, it did launch its own. Uh, McFarlane launched his own series called Spider-Man, which, if you mistook it for Spawn, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the art style is identical. Um, but uh, but yeah, and and when I was uh, starting to collect comics in the '90s, I remember Spider-Man One. It was that great McFarlane ep- uh, issue, and it's got Spider-Man sitting on a bunch of webs. And then there was the limited edition silver and gold variant covers. This is when variants started taking off. And oh, I yeah. remember, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember at Walmart they sold like all four variants in one, and that ended up becoming a lot worth a lot of money and stuff. But uh, <clears throat> um, for a long time, I had Amazing Spider-Man issue three hundred, the official first appearance of Venom. It's a double issue, seventy-five pages, and um, and really tackles uh, a first plot with uh, Venom, um, and it's a it's it's a pretty cool story. Um, and at the time, I remember it was worth so much, seventy-five bucks. I got it for. Her birthday present when I was like I don't know twelve, um, got rid of it for like a hundred bucks, and now it's probably worth like four or five hundred bucks. I don't want to think about yeah, it. It's probably worth a bit more. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, but good. You know what? Good. Uh, I also got rid of. Uh, oh, one other thing I did want to bring up is my second favorite Marvel character, the Punisher. Oh yeah. Actually, started life in Spider Man. His first appearance is That's Amazing Spider Man yeah. one twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I have, I still have it. I have that issue um, in what one would deem by comic book standards as poor condition. The back has been burned. Literally looks like somebody lit the back cover on fire. <laughs> and the front cover has been ripped off. There are small pieces of the front cover still present. And somebody by the name of Tim wrote their name in green Sharpie on the top of, of page one yep. in the margin. So... Um, it is not worth anything, but the fact Excellent. that it's the first appearance of Punisher uh, makes it worth it to me. And I really didn't like Frank Castle's character in that first issue. Uh, he keeps mm. coming back, though, um, in uh, in the 100s. Um, so it's kind of cool watching him kind of evolve and stuff like that. Uh, Frank Castle actually is a character. But 
Anyway, I've been spouting a lot about Spider-Man. Anything you want to add, Jam, about uh, about Spider-Man? The comic book character, Peter Parker? But I think we kind of nailed it, really. I mean, I, I completely agree. You know, complete, he's, he's the relatable superhero for the young for the young folk, basically. You know, he has, has real problems, you know, girl trouble, education trouble, all those things that we can, we, we can relate to. Um, they but, never I, I dealt also... with, like, super horny Spider-Man, though. Like, they, they probably <laughs> couldn't, but, uh, but trust me. Yeah. yeah, in some of his more rash issues, you know what's going on behind the scenes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think a lot of it with him is simplicity as well as a superhero is it, they it was kind of kept simple you know it's just spider-man really his powers are pretty straightforward you know is a simple setting as well he's just you know helping out in the city well i mean obviously yes it does get weird later on <laughs> when it starts going with the multiverse stuff and you know well, uh, he was just so dimension. damn popular they had to put him mm-hmm. in stuff he was actually an avenger for a while um, it's true. Oh yes, he was. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, and uh, several crossovers. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because it's weird. The first time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that they really have like a uh, outside of the cinematic universe kind of bringing its way in was with Spider-Man. So it's kind of interesting in the same regard. Um, mm. You know that they bring him in and Homecoming without giving any spoilers of any kind, does a really good job of kind of capturing that for the modern era. Um, mm. Lots of Easter eggs for people who know Spider-Man that don't know where this is going. So I like it, but it is ultimately a teenage tale. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and man, man is Marissa Tomei like the hottest Aunt May. Um, <laughs> oh, but, yeah. uh, oh, man. <laughs> She's she's in that show. They make they try to make her look really old in this one, but they you can't you can't make a beautiful can't, woman can't, like yeah, that look <laughs> haggard like you yeah like good good on you you tried but you know she's still I still know she's she's amazing um, but yeah so um, all right so it's important to know all this because none of that is conveyed in most of the video games. Yep, <laughs> it's all lost. In fact, most games don't even really have plot. Or they straight up go like, um, you know, a good example just to jump ahead is Maximum Carnage. They they kind of give you one panel literally from the comics, and then they're like, you've you've read Maximum Carnage, you've read this, yeah. Which Maximum Carnage was a mini series uh, in the Spider Man universe that mostly was in the Amazing Spider Man, but it did bleed over into other issues. Um, Marvel liked to do that a lot in the '90s, where it was like, oh, buy this issue, this, buy this issue, this, and again, they continue to do that today. It's it's actually quintessential. Yeah, not much change. Yeah, it's quintessential to keeping books alive. If they need to boost Captain America, well, hey, look at this. We're going to do Civil War, and we're going to bring Captain into it, but you got to buy every issue of Cap. Um, But yeah, so. uh, All right, so let's jump into the games. And we should just Mm -hmm. preface this with, or at least I will say this, and Jam, you can agree or disagree. I've played a lot of these games I remember a lot of them, and I actually played some of them today. I was fortunate. Jam had to work all day, but I was fortunate to be at home. My wife was kind of bored, so we played a bunch of Spider-Man games today. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, I dug them out. Um, but, you know, the preface here is some of these games I played and remember a little bit, but not great. And I'm not going to go yeah. watch a video. People have worked hard to make those videos, and so you can go watch those videos. So I'm not going to, you know... I didn't look up YouTube videos. Like, uh, I think you can all do that and draw your own conclusions. I, I kind of hate that as like a recent trend, especially that Retronauts doing, I 
don't mean to pick on them and people who follow me on Twitter know that I take a large issue with a lot of the things Retronauts is doing as of late. Um, but one of the biggest things is like, if you've not played it and you're not going to play it for research for the show, then don't just watch a video somebody else made and try to comment on it. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anything else you want to add to that before we get started? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I didn't again because of work unfortunately commitments i didn't be able to i didn't prepare for this as fully as i usually do but i do i i have yeah i've played a a, a good amount of spider-man games <laughs> i'm hoping hopefully hopefully sure. hopefully that's reflected in the show <laughs> i think it will be uh I, I wouldn't worry too much um your memory's better than mine too so that helps <laughs> that goes a long way um so the first one first and foremost 1982 developed oh, by back. yeah developed by atari and published by parker brothers yes only in north amazing. america is yeah literally amazing was spider-man <laughs> on the atari 2600 now this is significant for a couple of reasons before we get into the game itself this is the first marvel comics based video game um, yes ever yes yes came out the year i was born um it is uh it is published by parker brothers and on it it tells you to buy it for the sears video game system console so the reason that's important Excellent. yes is because sears actually sub the atari 2600 so a lot of people knew it as the sears video game system um in america mm. so that was i thought that was an interesting uh, cross promotion thing and spider-man was very popular at this time period um marvel was kind of doing a resurgence with its cartoon stuff spider-man was always popular um and uh and so yeah uh and video games were just getting started uh and and out comes this very basic game spider-man um and, and apparently there is a two-player mode, although I've never played the two-player <laughs> mode. Yeah. <laughs> it must so, be like, um, yeah, one off the other or something. But. Yeah, yeah, that's my guess. That is my guess. So, Jam, have you ever seen or played Spider-Man on the 2600? I've never played it, but I have seen this because um, it is quite, it is quite fascinating. I, I also want to bring out that the box art for this game is just... I, I, not quite sure what the decision was with the box art here, but it's basically it's something that will happen to you a lot in the game. Um. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of accurate, isn't it? But <laughs> but, but it's yeah, basically it's just it's just the fact that Spider-Man's bum is in my face when you're looking at it. <laughs> yes, it's it's the Spider-Man ass game. Um, no. So, yeah, Spider-Man's falling from a building. Goblin's throwing a bomb at him to add insult to injury. So it looks like that's what shattered his web off of the building, which is kind of interesting because I don't think you use the web much. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe you, do, you, you only do use one. the yeah. web. Yeah, I you guess I, do, web, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's knocking him off the building with the web fluid. He's using what doesn't look like a pumpkin bomb. It looks like he's got, like, a phoenix coming out of his hand. Uh, and, mind you, this is the drawing. We're not making fun of the video game graphics yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. It's it's a fail state, I think, is what we're, we're pointing out, which is interesting. It's a fail state where Spider-Man's ass is coming at your face. Um <laughs> So depending on your interests, that could be good or bad. Yep. Um, but uh, but yeah, in the game itself, uh, you're basically um, uh, you're basically climbing a building, and you're using webbing to uh, yep. to move your way across it, and you can move up and down or left and right. It's very it's very four way 
four-way old school single screen arcade stuff can you go diagonally okay you can okay it might be at your own risk (laughs) it might be might be um and in the windows coming out of the windows are what criminals um they're supposed to be criminals but they it's very difficult to tell they're blobs um (laughs) and uh, of course there are bombs and you do want to uh uh you want to defuse the bombs as you go across and then you also want to take out the criminals because they can or do you dodge the criminals uh... Uh, you can you can connect to the criminals okay. to i guess capture them or they just yeah. get rid of them but they can sort of shoot well they can shoot your webbing basically yes. and cause you to plummet but and you'll fall i don't know what yep. really goes into plummeting in this game i forget uh, i should point out well, i did not play this game recently you can fall, but you can if you're with a well-timed web shoot. You can still save yourself, so it's not quite the end. You I can remember that. Fall, it? Yeah. yeah, I just can't remember. I can't remember uh, exactly uh, um, exactly how much like time or wiggle room you were given. Um, mm. I will say that uh, when that uh, at E3 this year, I played a, a twenty-six hundred that Hyperkin is making. Um, that has an HDMI out. HDMI is out to 720p. It's very impressive, and uh, mm. and when that comes out, uh, I very much look forward to uh, to uh, getting that. Slapping a little Harmony cartridge in there. If you don't know what a Harmony cartridge is, Absolutely. it is the uh, Atari 2600 SD flash cart. Um, because I think I have safely bought enough Atari flashbacks, and I bought that collection on um on steam i've given atari as much money as i can and i will continue to do so but i'm gonna bet a million dollars spider-man superman and various others like empire strikes back will never make its way uh to digital release based off of licenses so um yeah anyway uh once you make it to the top you do get to fight the green goblin i've never made it to the top so i don't know what this entails um but uh it's um it's basically he he's planted like a mega bomb, I think, or a super bomb. Um, you don't you don't really fight him per se. Okay. You kind of just okay. avoid him, really. Fair enough. But you got to you got to defuse the bomb, basically. That's all it is. But it's uh, and and then and then the basically the whole process was rinse repeats, start again from the beginning. Well, there you go. There you go. Oh, and uh, at the Internet Archive, you can play it free in browser. So there you go. Of course. Um, <laughs> I forgot that a lot of that stuff is considered, you know, lost to the annals of history and safely released. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so very basic concept. But you know what? I mean, that's that's about the gist of what an Atari 2600 mm-hmm. game did and was capable yeah. of. And uh, to me, I'd say that's a that's a success. Now, again, the key element here we're missing is that none of us have. Well, I've played it, but when I played it, I was seven. Um, I thought oh, wow. ET yeah. was good. I just didn't know how to play it right. So, mm. uh, and actually, uh, jury's still out on that one too. Uh, I do own an ET cart, um, and I forget which listener it was, but one of our listeners won a Fred Rojas signed Atari uh, ET uh, cartridge, Atari cartridge that's out there in the wild somewhere. I mailed it to his house. Uh, I just forget off the top of my head specifically whom it was. Um, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> there is a, a horrible piece of uh, history out there of that. <laughs> when I used to give out bad, I, for like six months, I gave out once a month like bad games that were signed by me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. That's fantastic. They're still treasuring um, that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, so um, 
But I, 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 you know, to me, outside of playing it recently, uh, I'd say that really kind of nails uh, the 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 broadest concept you could really do within scope of a twenty six hundred game. So, mm. um, so the next one. <laughs> Developed by Adventure International and published by the same. Uh, Jam, if anyone knows it, it would be you. What game is this? So this is uh, Quest Probe Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> Which is um, is interesting. Well, let's go through quickly. Obviously, it's, this was released 84. Um, this was released on the Dragon 32 and the, and the 64, as well as the ZX Spectrum and the Amstrad. Of course it was. The what Amstrad. the hell is the Dragon 32? <laughs> well, that, I don't know if you remember... Um, Psy one sent it shows you like a picture of it in the chat once. Is that it was a do it was a this. microcomputer, but it's like I've I've only seen this once at a convention and played a, a few games on it, but it's uh yeah, it's an interesting system. <laughs> it had battle chess in it. Jesus, this looks like you know what this reminds me of? Uh if you ever see the thing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, that's right. this looks like uh, the more consumer version of the game he's playing um, and chess <laughs> with yeah, and, and pour scotch into it. Shock of the week. Scotch doesn't play too well with uh, with video games. But uh, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love the lime greenness of the screen, the, the bright mm-hmm. lime green nature of it. It was the Game Boy way before the Game Boy. Um, All the big computer. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I do like the logo though. The Dragon Thirty Two logo yeah, looks awesome. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah. So, so um, well, so Quest Probe was actually, even though Spider Man was one of the games, it's actually a set of three that were actually released. So there was a Quest Probe featuring the Hulk, Quest Probe featuring Spider Man, and Quest Probe featuring Human Torch and the Thing because they couldn't afford the other two Fantastic Four. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you know, what? actually, <laughs> funny, funny you mentioned in 1984 when this came out, mm-hmm. um, the Hulk had gotten a new cartoon series as did Spider-Man and his amazing yeah. friends. And of those friends, the only two who would show up were Iron Fist and the Human Torch. So I wonder if this That's doesn't brilliant. have something to do with that. Uh, I could mm. be wrong, but, uh, and in one episode, the X-Men showed up and wouldn't you know it, the fourth canceled title, yep. according to these notes, <laughs> was X-Men. Was X-Men. Um, so yeah. So have you played this game? I am curious and sadly i haven't sadly okay. i kind of wish i had because um this is probably of all the games that we discuss on this is the probably the most different of all the spider-man games <laughs> because it very much is a well it kind of is like a it's like it's like an interactive story but it's it has a kind of choose your own adventure style to it what i mean by yes. that is that you are directing <laughs> spider-man with with keys like you have to tell him to go north you have to tell him to go west you've got you know, yeah so you're using those, those button prompts basically so w to go one way you know, n to go one way so it's very very traditional for in terms of sort of that design of game um, and essentially the game is you're just kind of showing panels really like they're they're, they're still panels shown on the screen and then you've got you've got text of dialogue and um and then the the game will prompt you to make a response essentially so yeah you know you're you know, where do you go do you go this way that way and then it doesn't count you do you do encounter several of the spider-man villains in this you know you've got the mm-hmm. the serpents in this um you've the got lizard. um yeah yeah oh, sorry the, yeah the lizard i yeah yeah absolutely um 
but definitely they never obviously they never went back to this style with any of the spider-man games unless of course they decided to do like maybe a telltale game later which they <laughs> they probably will do at this rate <laughs> oh please don't don't please uh, telltale like you're doing your thing just don't just don't mm-hmm. um <laughs> one thing i want to point out and probably why they didn't do that uh two quick things on ports though i'm doing some research here uh, some quick mm-hmm. research uh, which is always indicative of a good podcast when they do research on the air um so this is only for nerds of the American persuasion, but it did get a port to the TI-99 slash 4A, which uh, mm-hmm. right after slamming them, I have to promote them. Um, a Bob Mackie free, and I don't particularly take issue with Bob Mackie, but there is this new uh, Retronauts they're doing called Retronauts East, where he's getting together with some old computer nerds uh, in in the East Coast and talking about like computers and microcomputers of like the American era. And they recently did an episode on the TI-99, which is a crazy Texas Instrument microcomputer uh, that I do recommend people check out. But there was also a port to the Commodore, which means I could probably play it on Vice, uh, which is a, a Commodore emulator that works great, uh, Jam. Um, but mm. uh, apparently this was a 12-issue deal with Marvel. They were going to make 12 of these quest probes, each one with a new character. Wow. And they sold so poorly that they ran out of money um, by, the, uh, by the fourth one. Uh, which is why X-Men never came out. Uh, and I'm betting that's probably why we never saw another company kind of pick this up and run with it. So, mm. unfortunately. Um, Adventure International did go bankrupt. So, that that was kind of the big uh, issue behind it. But uh, but it also suggests to me that it didn't sell too well. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, it, it looks interesting. On the cover is Mysterio. Uh, Mysterio is kind of a weird, uh, fucked up character who will come yep. <laughs> back and uh, be brought up in the newer issue uh, uh, video games. But um, but this looks interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. There's a ZX Spectrum version. I want to know what that looks like in four colors. I want to know what that looks like in four <laughs> colors. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about Quest Probe? No, see, no, not really much. I'll say, just I, I, I'm always on the verge of saying point and click adventure, but it's not because there's no clicking. It's just his prize button prompts. Exactly. Um, Interactive story. There you go. Uh, one sec. Okay. There you go. Uh, all right. Uh, sorry, somebody hit me up out of the blue and said, yo, I bought a Switch. What do I buy for it? Because I can't find anything. <laughs> so I'll answer that question to that person in a minute uh, when, when our show's done. <laughs> I was just like, doing a podcast, guy. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, shout outs to Michael. Uh, but uh, all right, coming up next, I remember seeing this in stores and being really oh, yeah. mad that we didn't have an Amiga or an IBM compatible. Mm. Um, cause this mm. came out for the Amiga, the Amstrad CBC, the ST, C64, ZX Spectrum, of course, and IBM compatible slash DOS, uh, which was Spider-Man and Captain America in Dr. Doom's Revenge, the sequel to the game that never came out. Um, did you ever play this one? This was developed by Paragon Software. Mm-hmm. Um, Paragon Software did a bunch of, uh, actually, um random um licensed games uh in the 80s mm. so yes I, I did play this one as well oh cool so, i'm all ears but 
Yes. Now that's yeah, that's the problem though, right? Don't get your hopes maybe too high for this. I mean it looks good, but it's um and that's that's probably where the praise kind of sadly ends with this game, is it it's a good looking game. Um essentially this is um yeah, so you team up with Captain America basically, it's Spider Man and Captain America and you switch between the two characters. It's only single player, which is kind of funny really, because it, it feels like it might have been better fitted as a two player game. Because a lot of the games we talk about later do feature two player co op in them. Um so yeah, I mean plot's pretty straightforward, obviously you're going off. Well, Doctor sorry, real quick, what's the genre in case people don't know? Like what kind of game oh, is it? Fighting, sorry, yes, yeah, sorry, this is a fighting game. It's a brawler. So, you know, yeah. Kind of yeah, side scrolling brawler, essentially. It's the Spider Man um, final fight. <laughs> okay yeah i'm going off the deep maybe not that that great but um more of an emphasis on -on one-on-one though i'd say so kind of more that sort of fighting um so yeah the graphics look good they do and even Mm -hmm. the front cover of the game looks very good in fact but the the problem with it is it's it has massive performance issues this game at least the the version i played which was on the amstrad the that that Mm -hmm. version um so very slow you know, very kind of clunky, which is quite a staple for, for especially for the Amstrad as well back in the day. Was it? Because um, I, I, real quick, I played um, mm-hmm. um, uh, what was it? Uh, Double Dragon on all the mm-hmm. different microcomputers, and actually, the Amstrad oh. CPC was the smoothest of those. No, no, not every game was was so okay. like that. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I completely. Well, no, no, no. I just yeah. I was drawing conclusions based off of yeah. that one game, so I'm guessing that's not indicative of what most can mm-hmm. expect from the Amstrad. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. it's, it's depending on sort of the, the Amstrad does have some pretty darn good ports actually of certain games, like yeah, like you said, I mentioned Double Dragon, and you know, even Rainbow Islands, of course, is a pretty good port, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the, certainly, I think when it came to you know, like, like this this particular game with Spider Man, and I think to be honest though, this might just be a reflection of most of the versions of this particular game with um, um, well, Spider Man and Captain America, I should say. Um, it was just kind of clunky, and it also had very long load times as well for a game that didn't feel like it should have taken as long as it should to load. Um, Flip the tape over, it, press play for twenty minutes. Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it, it was. It just felt off. I mean, but hey, you fight the Hulk in it, Ooh. and he's like the same size as Spider Man for some reason. <laughs> Ooh. Actually, uh, canonically, that's true. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but the Hulk's only five feet tall. Um, it's just a thing they don't talk about. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I'm looking at the graphics. They they do have panels in the game, like uh, comic panels, and those look great. Those look like uh, like eight bit pixelated, big chunky square pixels blown up on a screen. Great. Uh, I bet they don't hold up today, but uh, they look great. Mm. But uh, the graphics in the game, again, the sprites are big. Yeah, very big. Yep, yep. And it uses that thing where, like, the second half of the screen is taken up by, like, uh, you know, just like. Yeah, that's right. Just by the character pictures and the, the health bars. <laughs> so. And there's some weird people you team up with, such as Machete, not Danny Trejo's Machete. Nope. Uh, Batrock. I don't even remember Batrock. Uh, and Robot. Who is Robot? <laughs> Robot. <laughs> Robot. I don't know these people, but uh, yeah, they're there. <laughs> So, but uh, yeah, readily available too on archive.org mm-hmm. if you want to give this a go. But um, <clears throat> they also did two other games, um, this same developer, Paragon. They did uh, 
X-Men Madness and Murder World, which is a fantastic, fantastic. name. And then X-Men 2 Fall of the Mutants, both in 89. Um, those are PC only, so I'm guessing DOS only. So it looks like they, uh, they narrowed their scope after uh, Spider-Man and Captain America. <laughs> so... Uh, all right. Next up, it's not really a Spider-Man game, but it's worth mentioning. We've talked worth about mentioning. it before. Yes, yeah. is he is the unlicensed boss? Uh, I believe he is the second level boss, along with the Marilyn Monroe posters that were also not legal. Uh, in Revenge of Shinobi, specifically versions I think one and two. Uh, one, sorry, one point oh, and definitely the first version. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in one point oh one, and. That's it. Okay. Okay. Mm. Um, but more importantly, in 1.02, he actually becomes the official licensed Spider-Man uh, due to a deal that they made with Marvel Ooh. Comics for a game we'll talk about that also came out in 1989. So believe it or not, uh, the later versions you'll play of this game probably do have Spider-Man um, because they are approved. And I can tell you the XBLA, PSN, and Steam releases that came out um, are actually uh, re-licensed to have Spider-Man in them. So Spider-Man wow. is an official licensed character uh, as opposed to most of the other ones uh, as a second-level boss in Revenge of Shinobi. Um, Even though he's bad. <laughs> yes. He's bad. He comes down from the ceiling. Stop me if you've heard these attacks before. You got to constantly be in the air while you're attacking him. He's not a very difficult boss, but again, he's only the second level boss. Um, mm. uh, but it's it's just weird. Uh, you know, you get done fighting the Terminator, <laughs> you go on to fight Spider Man. So um, it's a good game. Revenge of Shinobi is a good it's game. A fantastic it's just, game. It's yeah. just weird having Spider-Man as the boss. Toughest balls, too. Like, if anything, to see... I, I need to get my hands on, uh, you know, a verified version 1 cart, uh, ROM, and, and pop it into my Flash cart and maybe play through that because uh, you, you're, like, prompted to get good just to see all the crazy unlicensed stuff that they stole from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so... Uh, Anything else you want to say about uh, his little cameo? No, no. The only kind of cute thing, again, I guess, is that um, obviously I think as you gradually wear him down, he kind of becomes like a pretty pink color, which is kind of he amusing. Does. But, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, Spider-Man's quite a uh, quite a fun little addition to Revenge of Shinobi. I also like that he's the only one who really makes to the final cut. Uh, there are a couple of unlicensed ones too that, that that make it just because no one noticed it. I think Godzilla might be one of them, but yeah, Godzilla, Batman, <laughs> Batman definitely got figured out after a while. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> pulled. But uh, anyway, um, all right. Next up, 1990 is kind of a banner year here. Um, mm -hmm. Hold on, I'm checking something real quick. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 1990 is kind of a banner year. I'm trying to see which one came out first. There's no way to know for sure which one came out first, so let's jump into uh, the uh, the microcomputer yeah, one. Maybe. Yes. <laughs>
the amazing Spider-Man, which is a lot of them are going to be called this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Old and new. Um, so this is 90, yeah, 1990 yeah, Amazing Spider-Man, released on the Amiga and um, MS-DOS and Commodore 64 and Atari ST as well. Yep. And this is an interesting one um, because I think if first appearances of this game, you 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 look at well actually to be honest this game is a little bit puzzling just to look at generally actually <laughs> it's class I, I was assuming this is just a platform game but it is actually classed um as a puzzle game as well which is interesting um so this is a this is mysterio is the bad guy in this one he's kidnapped uh, mary jane so and you've got to go save her so quite straight and spider-man is married to mary jane at this point um mm. which is accurate like they were married at this point um but they were recently married, and it's interesting how many of the video games actually incorporate this, uh, especially around mm. this time period. But, yeah. But I guess the, the thing, this is why I was saying that when you look at this the first time, you might be a little bit confused, because what you're seeing in this game uh, from screenshots is that Spider-Man is kind of hopping along, kind of like a little, kind of like a little frog is what I kind of assumed. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yep, that's accurate. And, um, <laughs> And he's, he's like, he's fighting a mummy, he's fighting mm-hmm. wolves, and, but the real reason for that is, I'll be honest, I'll just be transparent, I haven't played this game, so I had to read into it to find out what was going on, Okay, is Mysterio has changed the environments, so that's why ah. you've got these kind of out there. He's having so you hallucination, kind of yeah, you're... Yeah, yeah. There is a great uh, level, the particularly the Bad Moon Rising level, where he's in a graveyard, and I think this is the one you were talking about. Um mm. I love the level design of that. Uh, like, I think it's very, uh, it, it's very hilarious. It's very uh, Michael Jackson's thriller. Um, mm. So, <clears throat> but the the sort of the controls for this game look pretty clunky, though. And there's there's even mm-hmm. actually what's quite interesting is that they do put web shooting into this, despite it being quite a little kind of little two D platform. They do. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's something different. <laughs> Uh, my my second favorite thing, or probably my favorite thing, actually, about this game is also the fact that Spider Man appears on the right hand side, and as you take oh, damage, that's what get to. he yes. slowly becomes a skeleton. Yes, <laughs> which is surprising they allowed that, but <laughs> it's so good. There is a scene where he's almost dead, and he's on the far right as a full skeleton with like a throbbing brain sticking out of the skull, and it's just, it's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> Graphically, the game looked okay, but yes, you can tell it's kind of clunky, especially when you watch YouTube Let's Plays. Uh, So I know I said I wasn't going to talk about the videos, but I just noticed this because I wanted to see this. You can see that even people who know how to play that game and can play it well are are just awkwardly moving. Like, it's just, it's just a, yeah, it's just a a thing, but oh well, good attempt. Won't be the last time Spider-Man's woven into a puzzle game he has no business being in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> all right so that's what microcomputers had to to show for it um yeah, next is for microcomputers yeah what yeah i think that's the last one as well i think that's the last that's the the last hurrah for microcomputers so yeah for, yeah it does about. appear to be um so but there was a game with the same name that yep. came to uh same that year. came to uh uh portables mm-hmm. uh called the amazing spider-man uh and this was an ljn joint Published by LJN, mm-hmm. which was synonymous for shitty game. Um, <laughs> but it was developed by Rare, it should be known. Rare. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Have you played this? I have. Yes, this one I have played. Yeah. Yeah, this one I think I've played as well. Um, it has that very clear cut um, 
uh, Game Boy of the early 90s mm. aesthetic, right? Everything kind of had the same uh, kind of fonts and everything as Super Mario Land. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so um, what, uh, so, like, you've played this game. Uh, the plot's the same, Mysterio. So, yeah, I was about to say, it's exactly the Mary same. Mary Jane. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so, Mary, and he's married still. He's still yeah. married, and mm-hmm. she's been kidnapped. <laughs> Mary Jane, and, uh, um, yeah. Oh, I think it's yeah, it's just, it's just Mary Jane. Yeah, it's just, just her that's been kidnapped. For some reason, I was thinking, oh, Mayor's kidnapped as well. And I don't know why, but um, so hey, this is a, it went back and forth in the comics, so it's fine. <laughs> so this is this is a fighting game. Well, kind of side-scrolling fighting game in a, in a way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a, it's the Game Boy's attempt at brawler. I guess you call this um, pretty basic, though. You know, you're just going. Um, from left to right, you know, just the punching, punching the enemies, of course. Uh, but mm-hmm. they're, they're like, it's kind of like a one-hit kind of go-down situation. Um, yeah, very follow the Foot Clan, actually. Um, if you've yeah, ever, I was thinking yeah. that actually. Yeah, the sort of the, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But um, it's, it's funny because there's not really a lot to say about it, really, because it is just it's just going across. Mm-hmm. You, you boss at the end. You know, you do get you have web shooters in this one. You're not mm-hmm. you haven't got any web slinging, but you are shooting webs. <laughs> There's um, six levels. Venom's the last boss. Venom, very popular mm-hmm. at this time period. This is right around when 300 came out, um, issue 300. Um, and there, there are sub-levels. There's the uh, climbing stuff, uh, kind of akin to a better version of the Atari game. Um, mm. So, you know, there's that. They're, they're small sections, but hey. Um, it has Mysterio the Hobgoblin. So Green Goblin's out. They're just uh, Hobgoblin, uh, another hot one, another hot uh, enemy of his yeah. in yeah. the late 200s of the issues. The Scorpion. I forgot about the Scorpion. Uh, not to be mistaken for Scorpion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, yes. The Scorpion wears green tights and has a stinger, a big, fat, bulbous stinger. Um, but uh, Rhino. Rhino's great. Mm-hmm. Rhino's a lot of fun. They have a lot of fun with him in the later games. Uh, Doc Ock and then eventually Venom. So. Uh, it's not too shabby uh but uh i just remember it being for me just tough to get through all the way yeah yeah it's very challenging yeah oh this is one of the first games where they bring in spider sense though when you're climbing the buildings uh debris would fall and you would get a little spider Mm. sense tingling around his head to let you know that debris was coming and you should probably move to the left or right uh Spider-Sense will be a major part of basically every Spider-Man game moving forward. Um, but spoilers, it's not in Homecoming at all. He has no Spider-Sense. So um, I don't know how they're going to write around that now. Um, but they're going to have to. So um, I don't know if we mentioned it, but we should point out that uh, outside of just a handful of examples, very few of them, in fact, less than you would believe, uh, Peter Parker is the main character in all of these Spider-Man games, despite the fact that canonically that's changed a lot lately. Mm. Um, all right. And so finally in 1990, the, the last game that came out was, um, well, it depends on which version you played, but it was known best as Spider-Man. It was also known as Spider-Man versus Kingpin, and it was also known mm-hmm. as The Amazing Spider-Man versus Kingpin. Um, as well I had. <laughs> yes, which came out on the Master System, the Mega Drive Genesis, the Game Gear, and the Sega CD. The Sega CD. Yes, <laughs> yes. I have played the Genesis and the Sega CD one. This was kind of one of those games in 1990 that if you had a Genesis, you kind of just bought. Because it was pretty mm. good. It was pretty good. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it was an interesting concept. And the graphics were great. 
Um, mm. So I just remember jumping all over this. Uh, the developer was a, a cute little uh, group called Technopop. I Techno-pop. love that name. Yes, they mm. unfortunately closed in the year 2000, so they were only open for a decade. But they're also responsible for Zero Tolerance, the uh, the Doom game on the Genesis Mega Drive in 94. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, they had the canceled game Beyond Zero Tolerance, which was their sequel. Um <clears throat> And they are responding. Yeah, right. right? Great name. Um, I have beyond zero tolerance for this. Um, and uh, Williams Arcade Classics on uh, uh, on PC oh. uh, in '96. Mm-hmm. They were responsible for that. Not the pinball one. That's later. But anyway, it's kind of where Technopop makes their mark. So you did have mm-hmm. this game, yes? I did. I've still, I've still got it. Yeah. Also, it's got a great uh, score of enemies: Doc Ock, Sandman, mm. the Lizard, Hobgoblin, Vulture, Mysterio, Electro, and Venom. Oddly enough. Kingpin is the final boss, but you really don't deal with Kingpin really ever in the game <laughs> mm, mm. Um, until the end. But uh, but yeah, so uh, Jam, you want super tough? Yes, yeah. this is a hard game. This is a game you so, you die and then you go back. Oh yeah, um, yeah. time limits as well. So this um, this is heavily well, timed. I think, I think I'm, I might be wrong. Is this, it might be one of these games from the early days where there is an easy setting, but it doesn't unlock the full experience. You've got to go correct. back and play on that like normal or something. So, yes. but yeah, if you play on the on the standard setting, you have a time limit which you have to stick to. Twenty five <laughs> minutes. Twenty five fucking minutes. You can change it, right? I think you can gain some time. You can find it throughout the levels, but not too much. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's like pause, you can pause it or something, yeah. But this is crazy because this is an open-world game where you travel map to map yeah. looking for various things. Um, I think you're trying to find the bomb, though, right? Isn't that the main thing? There's, well, there's quite a few things are in this. Um, but basically, what it, the, the color of the plot is that you've been framed by Kingpin and you're got, you know, you've got to clear your name, basically. But mm-hmm. So there's actually there's photograph taking in this game as well. So you can take pictures of like the bosses and stuff. That's and, right. Um, there's equipment switching. Um, there's, there's kind of you got to monitor your kind of your web meter this time. You can web sling and web shoot, but you have to be cautious of how you use it. So you can't go nuts with it. Um, Although they're kind of liberal, especially in a lot of the open areas like Central Park and stuff. They're kind of liberal where there's a batch of health and a batch of web slinging somewhere in every level and if you can find it it fills oh, yeah. your whole bar and you can exit yeah. the levels by knowing where the exit is at any time so it becomes i don't know about you but for me and my wife today it became a tactic of finding the bundle and then hitting the exit right away so you'd kind of clear the level yeah. find the exit go get the bundle and then leave mm-hmm. continue on a high <laughs> but uh and and oh yeah by the way we should mention uh as a side plot venom has kidnapped mary jane <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so just just throwing you have out to there. have that. Um, um, yeah. Well, the, the the best bit about this game as well is um, well, it, it to to get the sort of the best. There's a, there's alternative endings basically. If you do manage to successfully get to the end where you do fight Kingpin, you could end up with one of the possible endings, which is emphasised hilariously on the Sega CD version. Yeah. So real <laughs> quick, real quick. Uh, so the the Mega Drive Genesis version, um, the Master System Game Gear version, they they are different ports of each other, but they're pretty faithful to one another. It's not a whole lot different in the Sega CD one. Um, in fact, even graphically, it doesn't really gain much from the mm. Sega CD, which makes sense. Uh, other than it gets a great, like, I don't think it was this good in the Genesis version. I don't have the Genesis version. I didn't want to go download a ROM or anything. But um, 
there is some great butt rock in the Sega CD version. Like, true, like, echo effect, flying V, air guitar, butt rock going on in most levels. Um, but yeah, they're, they're anime cutscenes. <laughs> if you want to call it that. Lots of them. There's like 15 minutes of... Okay, sorry. There are Willy Beamish-esque cutscenes uh, at the beginning of this game. The game takes like 15 minutes. My wife and I were both kind of like... Uh, jokingly dozing off while we were waiting for them to get to the end of it because you have to wait for it to load and then it plays like one line of dialogue and then it pauses and then you wait for it to load again. Uh, the classic days of the Sega CD. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and actually, it looks like collecting... Um, oh, okay. There's two things I should throw in here. Collecting the Spider-Man comic covers is only in this version, the Sega CD version. Oh. And you know that air guitar butt rock I was talking about? Mm-hmm. That's already in <laughs> Made none other than uh, by the Mr. Big Rock Band, which uh, if you oh, don't fantastic. know the band Mr. Big, I'm the one who wants to be with you. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that band. Yeah, they're responsible for butt rock. <laughs> but anyway, uh, continue. Sorry, man. I cut you off hardcore on that one. <clears throat> Oh no no, you're cool, man. No, it's just, um, I think where, where, where I was at was it simply is that the alternative endings essentially is that you save Mary Jane, get the happy ending. Uh, Mary Jane dies, but you survive, or you die as well with Mary Jane. Yes, you can. Um, it should be noted. Uh, also, back on the soundtrack, uh, Spencer Nilsson did the soundtrack. And a lot of people are like, oh, he's really well regarded. He did a lot of soundtracks. And uh, most his most notable one is the North American version of Sonic CD, which is odd to me because I feel like that's the one that's mostly hated. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's possible that if you don't uh, defeat Kingpin in time, uh, Mary Jane has dropped into a pit of acid, which is dark as fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, but, uh, oh, and apparently in the Master System version, Mary Jane doesn't get kidnapped. So there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, it should be noted that this game was widely successful. It had a 67% attach rate with the Sega Genesis in America. Huh. That wow. means two out of every three owners owned it. Um, and uh, single-handedly caused uh, Marvel to continue its exclusive deal with the Sega Genesis, which means you wouldn't see an SNES game on the Sega Genesis until finally uh, they broke that deal in 1992. So uh, and mm-hmm. allowed they didn't break it completely, but they they allowed the license to continue, but they didn't make it an exclusive license anymore. Mm. So, <clears throat> uh, anything else you want to say before we uh, we move into the next one? No, no, this is this is probably I don't know most well known one I think for sort of the Mega Drive 16-bit era. Mm-hmm. Um, say from from when I was growing up, anyway. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, very notable. Um, then moving on, we've got another uh, cameo, real quick, and this is why you'll you'll notice the reason I brought up certain things in certain comic books was in preparation for this. Uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man is on another Game Boy game known as The Punisher: The Ultimate oh, Payback. <laughs> <laughs> which only came Fantastic out in title. 1991. It is a shoot 'em up. Um, I have not seen. Let's see. The player controls Frank Castle in an over-the-shoulder third-person perspective. Yep. I bet this is a portable version of the NES. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Which means I have to own this like tomorrow. I need to go out and find this. Um, <laughs> the I love that the ultimate payback is um, 
is has a uh, exclamation point on it but mm, uh, absolutely but yes um uh it does uh, have a cameo by spider-man both on the box cover and he does pop up in um a handful of of different uh of different things mm. Ooh, cart only 695 i'm in right, yeah. let's, let's take <laughs> care of that uh but uh, but yeah this game looks great <laughs> have you played this I, unfortunately, I haven't played this one. No, okay. Um, this is the Game Boy version. Yep. Published mm. by Acclaim. Uh, developed by Chrome Studios Melbourne, which uh. tie the Tasmanian Tiger. It all comes back. Okay. Um, this is a Game Boy version of the widely popular 1990 NES console game. So I have to have this game. I had no idea this existed, which just means I didn't look it up because apparently it was very easy to find. Um mm. So, um, I guess you can't move Punisher though, which is one of the main criticisms on it. So I bet this game's going to be like annoyingly hard, but Hey, Mm. uh, all right. After that, uh, Spider-Man. Hey, you know what? Sega, fuck it. Let's give him an arcade game. Um, Spider-Man, the arcade game. It was actually called Spider-Man, the video game. It's part about the video game. Yeah. It couldn't do arcades at that point. <laughs> right? Like, what? yeah. Um, did you ever play this game? No, unfortunately I didn't. But I'd love to I'd love to have played this one, though, because it looks pretty interesting. First of all, yeah, it's Sega System 32. Uh, got pretty good graphics for the time for 91. Mm. Um, although, although, I have to concede, uh, mind you, 1991, there were some really good-looking arcades at this point. Uh, this mm. will not be akin to Final Fight, even though the gameplay very much is. Uh, this more takes the aesthetic of, like, Comic Zone almost. Like, it's very mm. comic book aesthetic-y. Um, I almost wonder if uh, the same teams who kind of assisted in Comic Zone didn't assist here, although I have no documentation on that. Um, but, yeah, you can uh, you can play as uh, any of the, the four characters. Four characters. Yeah, so do you know who you can play as? You want me to tell you? Yep. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You can play as Spider-Man, Spider-Man's best friend, Namor the Submariner. I have no idea when these two <laughs> got along. Um, Hawkeye? What? Hawkeye was friends with Spider-Man? Get the fuck out. Uh, I don't know why Hawkeye just got pimped out in the early 90s with everybody. Uh, and then the one that actually makes sense is Black Cat. Um, yeah, the only one that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was great. Uh, it it is your it is the beginning of a long stream of brawlers uh, or fighting games um, for mm-hmm. for the for the Spider Man franchise, um, and it is uh, it is a uh, it is a a brawler. The one cool thing it does do is it zooms in and zooms out, so it kind of scales. Uh, you know, mm. when you get into the action, like the lower left-hand corner, it'll like zoom in on you and and blow it up to larger proportion. Then it'll zoom out. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and and lots of bosses are in it. Um, Kingpin's here. Venom's here. Doctor Octopus, Electro Lizard, Scorpion, Sandman, Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, oh, Doctor Doom. Yes, Doctor Doom, I believe, is the last boss. Um, and uh, and uh, lots of levels. Like uh, you'll get through it pretty quick but it's a little longer than you'd guess um so uh but again it's it's a lot of the the characters that you're used to seeing in spider-man games around this time period so Mm. um yep only two buttons there's punch and and jump hit and jump jump. yeah you could do little uh web stuff but they didn't do too much with it because um obviously you're not there's a lot of other people who aren't going to do it um everybody has projectiles obviously spider-man's is webbing um so yeah 
Black Cat's got a grappling hook. Those are those are big nowadays. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I don't know. I had a good soundtrack. wasn't bad. <laughs> I say it's partially. It says um, for, it says on the notes, of course, that the soundtrack was uh, brought to sort of from the people that brought uh, Quartets, which was a pretty cool mm-hmm. game back in the day as well. From Sega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, you spoke highly mm-hmm. of Quartet. So I did. Yes. Yes. FM Funk, the second stage music is apparently great, um, which is also in the third state of quartet stage of quartet. So there you go. Mm. But uh, but yeah. Yep, Spider-Man, uh, the arcade game, borrows from Quartet. Also, the enemies are weird. They all kind of look like Ghostface <laughs> from Scream. I, I don't know. That's like the, the main foot soldiers are. I don't know where they got that idea, but hey. It's funny they do that, because obviously with majority of the Spider-Man games, they just go for the general New York thug, don't they? <laughs> the, the, they will the in, the, in the games we're about to talk about. Yes, this is where <laughs> things get a little muddy for Spider-Man. <laughs> so... um. All right, Jim. Why don't we move over to 92? You guys got this first, mm-hmm. actually, with the LJN um, Bit Studio uh, programmed Spider-Man 2 on the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. So Bit Studio oh, responsible for a lot of Game Boy ports. Um, they did the Game Gear version of Amazing Spider-Man versus the Kingpin, though. So, yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. And they are responsible for... Uh, the all the ports of that last action hero isometric game I talked about in this SNES top ten. So, <laughs> mm. but mostly they didn't make anything too great, such as Wolverine Adamantium Rage for the Super oh, NES, yeah. oh, Mary Shelley, Shelley's <laughs> Frankenstein for the Genesis Mega Drive, um, uh, and they did the non arcade version of Terminator Two Judgment Day um, for uh, for. Um, the the mega genesis mega drive and super nes although they did do the game boy version of alien 3 which i have no idea how good <laughs> or bad that is but hey so uh, well, Sp- i want to check out <laughs> <laughs> spider-man 2 you ever played this yeah i have played this one as well yeah it's 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 funny because this one i always felt that this one looked graphically inferior to the previous game in terms uh, of comparison yeah yeah, I could see that actually. Um, and I know it's, that's a nice silly thing to say for a Game Boy game, but <laughs> well, it's interesting because it's Carnage is on the cover. He's prominently mm. displayed, um, and uh, yeah, the graphics are inferior. Holy cow! Mm. Yeah, God, this looks like a bad the Double Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's still sort of the same sort of style, really, with the with Game Boy stuff. So it's side-scrolling, um, beat 'em up, and, and things. But yeah, I, I, I don't remember being too fond of this one. What the hell what is that thing ninja- crawling on the ground? He just beat up something <laughs> that looks like an amputee, just dragging itself with hooks. Oh my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, sorry. I won't watch Let's Play videos on the show anymore. Um, that's a lie. Uh, but uh, yeah. So do, do, do you remember anything compelling about this? Apparently uh, it, an interesting um, kind of discount uh, set of enemies. The Hobgoblin, Lizard, Gravitron, Mysterio, and Carnage. And the plot is Spider-Man has been framed for a bank robbery. Again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so... No, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't sort of remember a lot about this game because it just felt pretty mundane. This um... this game seems like one of the many throwaway kind of bad games. I don't know. Mm. I could be wrong, but 
Twitter. It wouldn't be the last time we see him on Game Boy. <laughs> no, no. Um, all right. Well, in 1992, we get a interesting game um, for uh, again LJN, also developed by Bit Studios, for the NES in 1992, but also mm. for the Master System and Game Year. Spider-Man: Return of the Sinister Six. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Um, so this was during a time period where LJN was shitting a lot of Marvel games on the NES. And the NES mm. was on its way out. I mean, 92, the, the Super Nintendo is out. Light entry. The Genesis is mm. out, yeah. But a lot of these were, actually. Um, and I think the reason why was at the... I don't know what the reason was, actually. But comics were definitely hitting their stride, in Spider-Man especially. Uh, this is the McFarlane era. But um, mm. either way, I just avoided this game like the plague, and it appears that the game did not get very well regarded. Um, Nintendo Power did give it best overall game in 1992, but I don't really trust them. Um, <laughs> apparently it has good graphics, uh, but pretty weak controls. Uh, so did you ever play this game? Yeah, I, be- I think I remember playing the Master System version of this game because I think it's ported to that system too. It was, yes. Uh, it's yeah. actually the, uh, the the better version of this game if, oh, if really? that's possible. Uh, that might not be a good thing if it's, if it's from what I remember. Anyway, this is... Um, yeah, it's well, it's it's Spider-Man, but in this one, as opposed to kind of what we're seeing in the other ones where he can just simply walk from left to right. I remember him doing a lot of kind of really silly flipping around in this game so a lot of somersault yes he's very agile he's got a web sling but it it uh there's another game that we're about to talk about that does this as well it launches you too far and too fast so that it's completely ineffective mm. um you kind of swing past someone and then you have to run back <laughs> i mean the funny thing i do remember about this game is that when you um because obviously we've already had um the the kingpin game on the mega drive where when you defeat an enemy they are there unconscious on the floor but in this game the enemies literally explode yes <laughs> it's just and i was i used to think that was kind of well for for, for a master system game i thought that's kind of traumatic <laughs> <laughs> i mean the big deal with the sinister six was they were recently put together and again yeah. stop me if you've heard a lot of these villains already but it was um mysterio was the leader and he uh he brought in dr octopus hobgoblin electro sandman and the vulture uh, which are actually decent villains in their own right, but they really got worked through the cleaners, both in the comics and in video games around this time period, to the fact that I feel like with some of them, especially like Electro and and Vulture and Sandman, they kind of, and probably Mysterio actually, they kind of out, out, outweighed their, their welcome. But mm. anyway, uh, any more about the uh, Spider-Man Sinister Six? Mm. Nah, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Then we get into 1992. Software Creations is the studio. Um, 
but we get into just a slew of video games for a few years. And the first one's probably the worst, which was Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcade's Revenge. This was also... Um, Arcade's Revenge. Yeah, this was Acclaim and LJN working together. Uh, did you ever play this game? I didn't play this one, no. Okay, this was... Dur- the- oh, sorry. I was about to say, the, the, the title alone, no, just, it's just very confusing. Okay, yeah, so Arcade is actually a video game-loving villain that was in mm. issues 123 to 125 of the Uncanny X-Men, and Spider-Man does team up with them for this. So this was a crossover thing. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know if this game is really great because the first level is a Spider-Man level, which is why I brought this up. And you play as Spider-Man, and your goal is to collect a bunch of bombs before they go off. Uh, the weird thing is that, uh, the first of all, the web slinging sucks. You can't, there are certain parts where you can grab walls, but then there are other walls you can't grab, and there's no real distinction as to which ones you can and can't grab. Uh, there's mm. stuff like poles coming out of the building, and you'll jump to stand on the pole, and you'll go right through it, and you'll be like, what the hell? Then you'll go to shoot web, and you can't shoot web. Um, it's a very non-agile Spider-Man who falls all the time. But the annoying mm, thing is, space, yeah. yeah, well, you have to grab these bombs in a sequential order that they decide, which is just random. So there's a lot of backtracking and stuff because they're like, oh, remember that bomb you passed already? Well, now you got to go back and get it. And <laughs> you can die very easily, like three or four, eh, not maybe not that much, but like four or five shots. We're getting touched a couple of times and you'll die. And then you have to restart the whole level. This is not fun. This is not a fun game. This is not a good game. Uh mm. There's apparently also storm a storm level, a Wolverine level, a Gambit level, and a Cyclops level. And there's like, I don't know, 20 or 30 levels, but I've never gotten through these. And I've only played this on the Genesis. But the maze by the ports. So. Yeah, this was on like everything. Mm. Everything. But uh but yeah, I I did not care for this. Let's see what uh, let's see what the reception was. Ooh, game <laughs> Game Pro said oh. the the <laughs> controls are frustratingly imprecise and complain about the fact that players must resolve the tedious level one maze every time they restart the game. Yes, that is true. You do learn that maze inside and out. So, ooh, but uh, yeah, which is like uh, in a bad way. It's just because you redo hmm. it so many times. Uh, let's see. Then moving on, we've got Amazing Spider-Man three, Spider-Man versus the invasion, or sorry, the invasion of the Spider Slayers on Game Boy. Bit Studios did this again. You guys got it first again. Did you again. ever play this game? <laughs> this one I didn't play, no. But it looks to be, from what I've seen, to be just more the same. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. With either somehow even worse graphics, <laughs> and with high tech robots called Spider Slayers. Do you mind if we just move straight on? <laughs> Yeah, just on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be dismissive, but like, hmm. um, all right. Mm. So then the the biggin, the biggin, nineteen ninety four. This is only a biggin in Europe, actually. When LJN and Software Creations come back and actually do a, a pretty decent job, although there's some weird omissions, in uh, grabbing the maximum carnage plotline of Amazing Spider-Man's mm. like early to mid three hundreds, maybe it was mid three hundreds. Um, and they take the arcade game concept, the final fight concept, walk to the right, beat everything up in your path, and make Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage for the Super NES and Mega Drive Genesis. With the red card. 
Yes, with the red cart and the soundtrack by Green Jelly. Oh yeah, butt rock. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the uh, and and the the red cart wasn't it? I think it was red on both consoles. But didn't you guys? You guys have like a super rare. Um, uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll find out about that. But did you play this game? Yes, yes, I have played this game. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, and what do you think? I mean, the, the thing that took me aback without this game to start with is just kind of how odd Spider-Man looked. He kind of looked oddly roided in the weird, in weird ways. <laughs> he is super shredded. You can you can do laundry off that guy's damn stomach. Like, yes, very much. He's so. super mad. <laughs> well, he's always mad. He's always super mad. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind this game. I mean, I, I wasn't mad about it though, because it's it's a brawler basically. So, yeah, but you you've obviously two players this time, which is obviously quite good. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just there's just something just something seemed a bit off with the controls. Um, I played the Mega Drive versions. So I don't know if that sort of says a lot to the version I played, or if it was, was it better on the Super Nintendo. Uh, I liked the Genesis version the most, but mm. I had a Genesis, so that's probably why. I'm guessing mm. it probably controlled pretty much the same on the Super Nintendo. But mm. oh no, I guess because I was I was comparing it to also say like, Streets of Rage and Final Fight at the time, and you're thinking mm, <laughs> doesn't seem to be as quite as smooth. <laughs> okay, it's not quite as smooth as that, and you could die very easily. Like they didn't yeah. figure out that like you couldn't. Um, how do I put this? They didn't figure out that you couldn't uh, really have people die very easily because there's no cart or there's no money to put back into it to kind of you know, um, mm. to kind of push you to move forward. So when you get a game over, you just had to start the game over, and that was annoying. So I think there's an infinite health code, but then that's not fun either. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, also, apparently, you guys only have the red cart, whereas we had both the red and the black cart. Ours ah. isn't worth that much, although yours seems to have gone down. It used to be like 100 quid. Now it's like 50 pound. Which still isn't cheap, but still. Yeah, it's still crazy. But. It's pretty rare. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I like this game. The other weird thing is Venom's in it. You get to play through Venom through mm. part of the levels. But uh, I don't think there was two-player in this. I'm actually almost certain there's no two-player. I must be, I've got to confuse with something else, clearly. So. Okay, if you do, then you're probably thinking of Separation Anxiety, which is the sequel to ah. this. Uh, That's probably what I'm which explains of. a lot but but spider-man is still ripped in this you do get to go through and there's a ton of really cool um uh art from the comics and also um there are some weird cameos um uh captain america comes in iron fist is there but then Deathlock comes in morbius comes in which is a vampire turned from bad to good and cloak and dagger is in it so it's very interesting. And your enemies are also interesting. Shriek, Doppelganger, Demogoblin, Carrion. These are all people that were only relevant for like a specific run of um, Spider-Man comics. Uh, so it's very in touch with the content, I guess I would say. Um, mm. But uh, I liked this game. I liked this game a lot. Uh, it was fun to kind of play through it. I thought the soundtrack worked out pretty well. Um, I don't know. Again, I kind of dugged it. Um, I don't... Oh, let's see. Mixed reviews. Let's see. 
EGM did not like the um, the SNES version sloppy controls. Uh, Nintendo mm. Power liked it. Um, <laughs> be a little theme going. <laughs> yes, uh, the Genesis version is very similar as his Game Pro. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's a limited selection of moves. I don't know. I always hate the limited selection of moves concept because by 1994, you know what a brawler is. You're either in for it or you're not. Maybe people think that's me mm. being dismissive, but I kind of dug it. Anyway, I liked Maximum Carnage for what it was. It's I like it the same reason I like Death and Return of Superman um, and to a certain extent, the late Final Fights, right? The Final Fight 3. It's like, mm. yeah, it's more of the same, but I've just decided that this is kind of a genre I'm going to love. Uh, and with that, I rolled with it. So, But uh, yeah, um, also the Genesis version had a couple of uh, violence circumstances where Super Nintendo, Nintendo asked them to remove the violence in the later of one. Of course, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the sequel you're thinking of is Venom and Spider-Man in Separation Anxiety. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Which was still Software Creations, and this one is uh, the symbiote has broken into five different parts. Uh, these are based off of um, the Separation Anxiety side plot uh, in the comics, um, mm. and. Uh, and this is kind of a little bit more of the same, but it does have two-player co-op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this is probably the one I was thinking of, yeah. And it got really bad reviews. So um, <laughs> It speaks to my criticisms more as well. <laughs> yes, this time the only cameos are Ghost Rider and Daredevil. Not as cool. Um, but uh, what... <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, what were what were your thoughts on it uh, again? Was it just the controls you really took an issue with? Slop, just sloppy controls. Yeah, you know, just very finicky. It just didn't. It just didn't feel. It didn't feel like a prop, like a like as tight as the other brawlers that are out at the time. Well, and there's bad hit detection. Uh, as, yeah. is another thing. Your your web shooting moves, which are identical, to the ones from Maximum Carnage, are kind of like tweaked. And you don't know what they're quite going to do when they happen. But the best part, the, the most hilarious part, which I didn't remember this about it, was... So when you're brawling, um, you know, like all of these games, when you beat them up, the, the best thing is to see all the names they come up with, right? Like you're beating yeah. up two thugs that look identical, but one's named like Hayden and another is named like um, Sergio. <laughs> yeah, and they've got all these crazy names. And uh, especially in Maximum Carnage, they had like some really crazy names. Like there was like, oh, you're fighting Christian and Troy. Don't they sound like, <laughs> like two thugs on the corner? No, they don't. Uh, they sound like two guys who uh, stumbled outside of a book reading contest. But um but yeah, in this one, they don't get their own health bars. I think it was to adjust for the cooperative stuff. Mm. Instead, what you get is a little white bubble to the right of your health bar that is ver that has their picture on it. And it's just a, a blank picture. You know, there's only like four different enemy types. And then their health bar is a vertical white bar that drains as you beat them up. That again is right next to this picture. It's all integrated into your life bar. And you don't get any of their names or anything. So it's not, it's not, you don't get to see all the fun, cute little names, which I think is part of the draw of those games. I don't know. Mm. It seemed really kind of phoned in and you die really fast in this game. Um, I don't know. Separation anxiety wasn't great. It was, it was a step backwards in my opinion. Um, mm. Not that Maximum Carnage was particularly loved anyway. So... 
Uh, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about uh, separation anxiety? Well, it certainly causes anxiety in one way. <laughs> <laughs> separation anxiety. In fact, if you can't uh, get around it, uh, you're going to have se- separation anxiety. Um, <laughs> uh, in 1995 as well, this game came out in 95, there is a Jap, a Jap, Japan, a, J- <laughs> a Japan only Super Famicom game called the Amazing Spider-Man Lethal Foes. Yes. Um, it is a side-scrolling uh, action game. Uh, it has checkpoints. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're taking on the Spider Slayers, namely Beetle... Or sorry, the Spider Slayers, Beetle, Lizard, Mysterio, Alistair Smith, uh, Green Goblin, Scorpion, Venom, Dr. Octopus, and Carnage. Um, if you don't know Alistair Smith or Smythe, he's an interesting... Uh, He's got like hooks coming out of his hands. He's like some weird super mutant. But anyway, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's and it's just this this unknown action game that I don't even know if it's good or bad, to be honest. Yeah, well, being Japan only, I've not played. We've not played this. <laughs> so there's a fan translation that came out last year. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so now I've got emulation, to grab this. Uh, emulation or flashcart. Uh, I've got to grab that, although my uh, my flash cart uses compact flash. My compact flash reader died, so I need to go get a compact flash reader, which are harder yeah. to find than you'd think these days. But uh, So, yeah, we haven't played that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in 95, you get a third game, this time by Western Technologies, uh, also uh, published by Acclaim, which is simply called Spider-Man, the anim- based off of the animated series. Mm. didn't know there was an animated series but in 1995 i was more interested than in girls than anything else so that kind of makes sense did you ever play this one yeah i think i think i did play this one and i think it's that maybe they were sort of saying it's based off that 90s animated series that they released you know that popular one there yeah duh it was on mtv i think for a while fox or something yeah yeah yeah, that one was all right that was all right yeah that's pretty good um i wouldn't say this game is pretty good though (laughs) Uh, in my opinion that. anyway it's um well so this is this is it goes it goes back to kind of the 2d plane again um but again it just it just feels so weird because um spider-man you know the the, the you know, revenge of the kingpin came before this and just seemed to do just seems to do kind of like the spider-man formula a lot well well this this game is just it's 2d size scroll it's not really brawling though it's just 2d kind of hit. it's just an action game, game. yeah it's it, yeah, it, it seems very right. akin to uh take out the open world like hunting stuff and it's very akin to the basic concept of the original the spider-man genesis game yeah mm. um again it, i guess it's a it speaks to kind of like a late entry in the um the mega drives kind of life cycle i guess but um it it just felt kind of the graphic. Okay, the graphics look kind of interesting. You know, they they they're going for that kind of vector man feel where you know, where they're trying to make them pseudo you know, <laughs> 3D realistic. But I don't know. But that that was kind of all this game really had going for it. Um, yeah, yeah. Not not a big fan of this one. I think was there a, there's a Super Nintendo version as well. There is, God. and they're the same game um, ultimately. Uh, but apparently mm. the fighting sucks, and you're really bad at yeah. it. And that's kind of something Spider-Man should be probably pretty good at. I don't know. It's very telling when you look this up that it's mostly the first level people are showing off. Um, <laughs> so, 
So you can there's find any cheat codes. <laughs> yes, there are actually uh, plenty of cheat codes. So um, look those up if you ever decide to give this one a go. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and again, this is the year that the the um, Saturn and PlayStation come out. So this is kind of telling. Mm. Uh, then we move into the the super rare one, Blue Sky Software. Yep. Um, makes this exclusive. game exclusive. Yeah, and Blue Sky has been making games since Clax on the seventy two hundred or seventy eight hundred. Um, mm-hmm. They are responsible for the uh, seventy eight hundred port of Xenophobe. Ready for that? Uh, they did mm-hmm. the Amiga port of Hair Raising Havoc. Um, they did a Commodore 64 port of Arachnophobia. I didn't know that was a game. Fantastic. Jam, maybe you've played Master System's version of Dick Tracy. They did that one. They did the Little Mermaid on Game Gear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And they did do, uh, and what they're really known for, Blue Sky did the Jurassic Park and Rampage edition on the Genesis. That's probably what they're best known for. Um, and, of course, our old friend Vectorman. They did Vectorman 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. So they come back, and they make a game. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Web of Fire on the 32X. Yes. <laughs> Fetching more than $100 for the cart alone Ooh, in America. Yeah. And I have it. I got it. <laughs> I have this game. I don't have a box. I don't have instructions, but I have a cart. And it plays. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's only six levels, but I wouldn't know because I couldn't fucking beat like <laughs> any of this. Um and I don't know yep. what, what's called a level because there's like parts of stages, I guess is what mm. I would say. So here's what it does right. The web slinging feels good. You can kind of get oh, yeah. the rope-a-dope going, moving across. You can grab buildings and climb on them, no problem. The combat is where it starts to fall flat pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. combat's a little rough. Um, but uh, but there is lots of web slinging. You can tie people up and then beat the piss out of them. So that's kind of fun. And there are these uh, there there are these weird bosses. So the first boss, which is as far as I get, is a dragon man. <laughs> he looks like a, a big purple gargoyle brought to life from like the Gargoyles cartoon show, mm. um, or maybe slightly akin to Dracula's first form in Castlevania Three. You remember Dracula's first form where he's like mm-hmm. this big purple gargoyle? Kind of looks like that. But it's got the Vector Man like 3D Donkey Kong Country look to it. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. And you got to beat him up. And then when he beats up, he like kind of explodes in this really weird way. But there's cool like fire effects and like parallax scrolling and stuff. They were doing a lot more of like fancy stuff. Like look what we can do with the 32X. And the graphics, my wife even said, looked very impressive. Um, I think it's motion capture is the, the graphics of this one. It might be. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. And Daredevil's in it. You you collect the double D tokens. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, you're right. It is motion capture. Uh, it used SGI uh, stuff. So it was basically a Spider-Man game using the tech from Donkey Kong Country. The problem is Donkey Kong Country, I never thought I'd say this, controls <laughs> and is a better That's game it. than this. Um, but... Uh, but the game's okay. It's just kind of obscure. And if you give it... See, here's the funny thing. It's hard, and I couldn't get through the first level. But you know what? If I beat it... Oh, also, this one didn't come out on the 32X in Japan or Europe. That's probably also why it's somewhat rare um, or sought after. But if you um, if you take the time, I bet you could beat this. And Daredevil, when you collect the double Ds, just comes across the screen and 
does some special attacks, but uh, but it's an interesting game. I think this is totally um, something for. If you want my opinion, I think this is totally a game for um, for people who. Uh, um, sorry, for people who like want to check it out through emulation and not mm. for people who, you know, uh, you want to get uh, spent three hundred pounds. Like if you're gonna buy it, that's kind of a collector's thing, right? I think if you're a collector, sure, it it will com- help you complete your um, uh, your thirty uh, two x collection. Yeah, sorry. Holy shit! I might be selling my cart. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um get a bit of coin for that one. <laughs> yeah, one just sold on the 26th. Uh it was a uh it was an auction, so I think I'll definitely auction it for 183 bucks. Yeah. Ooh, I think I'm gonna nice. I think I'm gonna sell my cart. I can't at that rate like not. Um mm. but uh but yeah. A lot of people have it in much better condition or getting like 40, 400 bucks for it. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, the game's okay. It's not that good. Okay. And I have a flash card, so I, I can, I can handle being without it, but, uh, but yeah, it's an interesting one, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll just keep it collector. No, nah, it's 200 bucks. What can I say? I just bought a switch. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so pay for the switch, right? Always. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so. Um, so yeah, so that's a web of fire. Got any questions or anything? It does some cool technological stuff. If, if nothing else, just go look up a video just to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's sort of graphically, it's a, it's a good looking game, but I, I, I really struggle with the controls of this, particularly sort of if you're ducking. Um, Spider Man would just like, he'd, he'd always just hit the floor, not hit straight ahead. Yeah, no, he goes like prone. Um, it's pretty, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah. We fight Hydra in this. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hydra's the bad guys, and only because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My wife's like, "Wait, the guys who are against Captain America? <laughs> yeah, is Shield in this? I don't know. Why is Daredevil in this? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much plot in the game, uh, to be fair. Um, that's another thing I should have pointed out in both Maximum Carnage and Separation Anxiety. You get these long, especially Separation Anxiety. You get these long screens of text." Where there's literally mm. like four paragraphs in the beginning of that game that's just text, no images at all. But anyway. Um, all right. So kind of home stretch. We got 15 minutes and we've got a decent number of games to go through. I don't know if we'll get to all of them, but let's jump into Spider-Man takes a breather in 96 until about 2000 uh, when uh, Activision acquires the license. Teams mm. up with uh, Tony Hawk and um, Guitar Hero developer Neversoft. Neversoft. Yeah. And creates a uh, PlayStation later ported to the N64 and Dreamcast game by the name mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. Nice and simple. Have you ever played this game? Yeah, I've played this. I've played Spider-Man for the, place, for the old PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got it on the... I don't remember it being on the N64 in Europe. It's but. it's known as uh, Spider-Man 64 in a lot of circles, so that may be why ah. you're thinking of it, but it is the same game. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I also see here it was only released on the N64 in America, so that explains so much. Oh, there we go. It's not rare mm-hmm. here, though. It's not that big of, big of a deal. Um, famously, this game is on the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater engine. In fact, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater... Oh, 
Yeah, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 featuring Spider-Man um, is actually just no, a, a little test they wanted to do as they were getting started with uh, with this game. So there you go. Mm-hmm. But uh, Spider-Man with voice acting. Oh, well, I guess I guess Spider-Man's first voice acting was that Mega CD game. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't count Ooh. that. Yeah, Ouch. no, no, it's it's really bad, and it might be the same guy who does Willie Beamish. I could be wrong, but. Uh, Anyway, I've not played this game though. What's it like? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Spider Man is okay, really, for the PlayStation. I don't. I when I kind of go when I went back to look at it today, I I don't think it's held up well now. But certainly for the time, people were quite fond of this, Holy myself included. Crap! Actually. Yeah, it got really high reviews. Mm, mm. it's um because it kind of uh it it was the break that we probably needed it was spider-man going into 3d and probably finally was a spider-man game that made good use of kind of like the web slinging and the climbing of the walls in a really effective way so yeah you, you felt a bit more like spider-man in this game with um it wasn't it wasn't fully open world it, but it, it gave the impression it kind of was mm-hmm. in terms of the what you do for to go from sort of level to level is um you're kind of you're following like the spider-man compass which you've got this on like the bottom right corner of the screen um with obviously the playstation one being you know i'm going by that obviously this will speak to all of the ports i'm sure but with the lack of capability this PlayStation one obviously you don't get the massive draw distance that you would get with later spider-man games but this was the first time we'd see spider-man have like a massive area to kind of play around in should we say mm-hmm. although it was it was kind of cleverly restrictive with the you know in it's sort of dare i say like kind of like a silent hill way with the kind of the fog effect yeah i'm seeing the, that in the distance yeah mm. and the bottom of the buildings was kind of obscured as well <laughs> they kind of implying that you're quite high up um yeah, the, the standout feature to me really though was the um, the, the Spider Man just would not shut the hell up. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, it's one of those. So, yeah, he 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 talks a lot. He quipped. but then again, that, that being said, it was a this was a staple for this this period in gaming. You know, we had Duke Nukem and stuff was constantly making quips. So of course, Spider Man's making quips. But Spider Man in the comics always made lots of quips. Actually. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, I think it's just because the a bit like with a lot of. Um, you know, early play like well, it's not really an early PlayStation game, I'd say, but it's um, but with with PlayStation One games particularly, it's um, the voice acting was they were, they were still finding their feet at this period. Gotcha. Just, well, and again, <laughs> especially in Homecoming, you see like uh, lots of uh, lots of talking during combat. Like that's the joke is that he's yeah, you know, if yeah. Daredevil or if Daredevil, if Deadpool is the merc with the mouth, uh, Spider Man is the hero with the mouth. Um, but. Uh, Nice. Uh, it is a decent game, though. It's um, the only thing that obviously holds it back a bit today is it. It's a bit tough, I think, going back to those old controls with it because it's obviously using the D-pad yes, in a 3D game, is. which is a little awkward. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, cleans up nice, though. Looking at some mm-hmm. PS stuff. Uh, I don't know. I might check it out. It is. Uh, so yeah, Eversoft, absolutely so. worth checking out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Spider-Man would get that, and then. Uh, kind of uh, well, Spider-Man Two: The Sinister Six would hit Game Boy Color in two thousand and uh, and one. Did you ever play this one? I sadly didn't play this one. No, but um, it certainly felt like a little bit more of a color. Well, there was a colorful improvement on the previous. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be a bad bad joke there, but um, <laughs> no, I haven't played this one. Yeah, and I don't even see reference to the original Spider-Man game on Game Boy Color. But hey, 
Uh, Taurus mm. Games made that one. Uh, Taurus responsible for Barbie and her sister's puppy rescue on the PlayStation 3. So go out and get that tomorrow. Um, mm. And uh, Monster High 13 Wishes. My daughter would love to play that. And good old Atari's Backyard Football. Um, but uh, on the Nintendo DS. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'd say probably the bigger one was when um, recent uh, Crash Bandicoot uh, um, in Insane Collection developer uh, Vicarious Visions took over. They made Spider-Man 2 Enter Electro um, mm-hmm. on the PlayStation in 2001. There were ports for the Dreamcast and N64 that were canceled, ah. which leads me to believe I think I already know. Here we go. Following the September 11th attacks, Activision halted production of the game, removing references to the Twin Towers, which are heavily emphasized in the game. In order to change the final battle stages, because the final battle was in the Twin Towers, and re-edit the cutscenes and modifying the world world and World Trade Center, um, the game got delayed heavily. Um, Mm -hmm. The end of the video game, The Mighty Thor, is credited with defeating Electro in the final battle. This is because Thor was supposed to appear in a video game segment in the game where he talks to Spider-Man shortly after he defeated Hyper-Electro, thus giving Thor credit for Electro's defeat. The Daily Bugle newspaper, blah, 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 lots of world. Okay, so the World Trade Center, this is a game that was completely destroyed by um, the unfortunate, uh, tragic attacks of the World Trade Center. Yeah. So... um, have you played this one? Which is a shame, really. Well, yeah, yeah, I've, I've played this one too. I think I actually, I think this one I actually own as well. Um, but the, it's more the same, really, okay. of the of the the NeverSoft game. But I would say it's cleaned up a bit more. It's, oh yeah, um, I'm seeing that. Hmm. So this, that's why it seems a little bit tragic about sort of you know the the that. So I didn't actually know that was the reason that this didn't come to other systems as well, but. Um, Try kind of a shame, really, because this this just it felt like they were sort of moving in the right direction with the game and improving things. But sadly, it is what it is. There's not really a lot to say about it in terms of it is still sort of you know, it's more the same from the previous game. Just the gameplay felt more cleaned up. I probably, if anything, this if you well if you find either either of these titles, um, then they're definitely probably both worth worth picking up. But mm-hmm. um, I certainly remember this being well. I remember at the time people speaking very highly of this game. Yeah, draw distance is better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. Looks like uh, looks like a decent game, uh, and a whole new slew of villains, obviously. Um, of course. So all right, um, and then let's see here, Spider-Man Mysterio's Menace on the Game Boy Advance. Did you play this one? I never played. I didn't play this one. It's, a, it's funny these portable ones. I didn't even only heard of today. They got high reviews. <laughs> believe really? Oh goodness. Yeah. Oh, what's check about? Um, well, and unfortunately, we're going to have to do a pause or a a walk away uh, as we get into Spider Man 2002, developed by Treyarch, um, for uh, based off of the movie, the Tobey Maguire movie. movies, which is interesting because. A lot of the modern-day Spider-Man games are well-regarded in this one. So I don't know if we're going to do a part two. You guys let me know. Otherwise, maybe uh, maybe Jamari wants to do a solo show about uh, these. I've played a lot of these. Have you played a lot of these? Yeah, I think the, I've played The ones the after so- this, like... The Tobey Maguire ones, I think I've played. Or not just these, but like also like Ultimate Spider-Man and Battle for New York oh, yeah. and all that stuff. Have you played a lot of those? Shatter memories. I, 
I haven't played Ultimate Spider-Man, but I have played some of those, yeah, those sort of 360 titles. Okay. Yeah. All right, so maybe we'll come back to them and do them at a different mm-hmm. time or something like that. But, uh, but I think this is a good stopping point for right now as we approach... Uh, as we approach the the two hour the dawn mark. of the 3D, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they really oh, start to figure the out the open world stuff, yeah. yeah so, um, but uh, all right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to, um, you want to mention about any of these before we, uh, before we start to wrap things up? No, not really. Apart from that, I am now very curious about those Game Boy Advance games. Yeah, <laughs> lots of portable for you to check out. Mm. Also, yes, I'm aware of Tiger's LCD games um, and oh, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the 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 virtual comics and stuff like that. And yes, he was in you know fighting games and stuff. Uh, but yeah, these are just the kind of main headlining Spider-Man games. But and obviously, we mentioned that he's you know, he's featured in Tony Hawk. As a yes, he is. Character. Yep. So. Um, all right. Well, with that, we're going to call things to a close. Uh, Jim, thank you very much. You can check us out at GamingHistory101.com. Not quite sure what we're going to do next week. We'll figure it out. But uh, but we've got plenty of ideas. We're bouncing around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And write in. Contact at GamingHistory101.com. And enjoy Spider-Man Homecoming. It's a good movie. I think I see it. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, with that, peace out.